Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unboxed podcast. I'm Reese, and today we're going to be having a look at the segment I've called 2020 Vision, which is our look at the 2020 presidential election and all of the primaries and contests and shenanigans that lead up to it. So there's a bit of an update on the primary situation today, and there have been some new polls out. Uh, in fact, today's poll... Uh, there's an average that's put out by a website I use called 270 to Win. That's got Biden at around 28%, Bernie Sanders 23%, uh, Elizabeth Warren down a bit to 13%. Michael Bloomberg, now he's gone up to 10%, quite a, quite a large rise from Bloomberg there. Pete Buttigieg slumping down to 6.5%, Andrew Yang to 6%, uh, Amy Klobuchar at 3%, and Tom Steyer at about 1 or 2%. And uh, it's interesting... Because these last few polls and the aggregates there, well, it's shown a slump for Pete Buttigieg. So he's now down and even below Michael Bloomberg. And that's that's a worry for Buttigieg because he did have that momentum and it seems that he is losing it. And especially if he loses it in the lead up to the Iowa caucus, the first test of, well, every candidate on the list, it's not going to do his, well, his career and his chances of winning the presidency any favours at all. Um, Bloomberg has also sort of come from from nowhere. Um, really, he was sort of hanging around the 5% mark, and now he's doubled that. In the last last six polls, his ratings have gone from sort of hanging around 4 5 6% up to now 10 10%. And the Bloomberg, well, he's interesting, and I'm going to talk about him a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, Bernie Sanders now seems to have second place sealed up, absolutely secure. Warren, uh, Elizabeth Warren, for whatever reason, has declined. Her, her poll numbers have fallen down to 13%, uh, so Sanders is now safe in second place, according to according to the polls. Uh, still five points or so behind Joe Biden, who remains that front runner. Um, it's interesting how Biden's managed to keep himself in front, the infighting between Sanders and Warren uh, potentially has been something to do with that, the progressive left tearing itself apart, therefore not uh, campaigning against the sort of more conservative Democrats, the more mainstream Democrats that Biden uh, is seeking to represent. Um, but no, Biden still out in front, a few changes in the pack behind. First thing I'm going to talk about is an endorsement of Bernie Sanders and Joe Rogan has endorsed Bernie Sanders. Now, Joe Rogan, big personality. A lot of people listen to his podcasts. A lot of people. He's, uh, I think, the most or maybe actually the second most popular right now podcast in America. Um, Ted Cruz's podcast has actually just overtaken him in the sort of monthly ratings. But he's certainly up there and a lot of people listen to him. A lot of people download it. But it's caused some questions over how Bernie Sanders has reacted to this because he he's accepted the endorsement with open arms, and that's fine. That's that's completely his choice. It's up to him as to who whose endorsements he accepts and who he turns away. And some people have seen this acceptance as well. Let's put it this way: Rogan is known as sometimes a divisive figure. To his supporters, he's praised for speaking the truth uh, without a filter sometimes. Um, to those who 
feel offended by him. Often his comments are offensive. Um, he's been labelled sexist and transphobic. And some people are uh, going to Twitter, going to online sites, going to pollsters and saying they are considering no longer voting for Bernie Sanders because of this ordeal, because of the acceptance of the Rogan uh, endorsement. And it's a very difficult situation for Bernie Sanders. Does he accept that Joe Rogan is... Yeah, he is endorsing him. He's saying, I will probably vote for Bernie Sanders. Um, does he look at those people who could come with Joe Rogan and say, yep, I want them? Does he look at what Joe Rogan says? How does he feel about what Joe Rogan says? It's perfectly um, it's perfectly reasonable that Sanders could be a, a massive fan of the Joe Rogan podcast. There's nothing wrong with, with being a fan of that. But some people have taken the divisive nature of Joe Rogan and seen it as Bernie Sanders cozying up to someone whose values he should not be cozying up to. Now, this doesn't seem to have hurt Bernie's poll numbers, and that's that's something that we should make clear. This has not hurt his poll numbers so far. In fact, as I said earlier, he's in a clear second place now. Perhaps if both he and Elizabeth Warren hadn't been sort of gridlocked in the Senate in this impeachment trial, she could have capitalised on this. She could have captured the progressive left more. But as it is, it seems this endorsement and the momentum that the Sanders campaign is gathering is doing well. And he looks like he could be seriously challenging the frontrunner going into Iowa, as he was last time around with Hillary Clinton. So it will be interesting to see how both the Rogan endorsement and Sanders' campaign as a whole end up taking off. Now, we're going to move on to Joe Biden. Uh, in recent recent weeks, uh, recent days, in fact, he's faced calls to testify or invite or have his son testify uh, on the impeachment, uh, the impeachment trial in the Senate. Um, that probably <laughs> wouldn't help his campaign. Um, to put it mildly, to have your name linked to the impeachment is bad enough to be testifying in front of the Senate. Whether you are guilty, not guilty, it implies some level of knowledge. I must stress Democrats are keen not to bring Biden to the Senate, um, and there isn't mass appetite from Republicans to bring him there either. Um, many people simply feel, well, yeah, he, he may have uh, links to the original inquiry because obviously Trump, his accusations are about Hunter Biden, uh, his accusations are about trying to dig up dirt, sorry, on Hunter Biden in order to take out Joe Biden. But um, Biden himself and indeed Hunter Biden have no actual relevance to the impeachment inquiry. The The actions of the president are, are what is under scrutiny, not what caused the actions of the president. Um, Biden is not keen to testify either, uh, nor, nor the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. They're not keen to see him testify. Um, he would possibly see a downward drag of momentum if he had to suspend parts of his campaign to go and uh, testify in front of the Senate. And right now he's he's doing all right in Iowa. He's he is not doing badly in Iowa. He looks like he could be on for a, a good showing. And indeed, he's still the outright national leader. Now, I did say I would talk about Michael Bloomberg. So here we are. Michael Bloomberg, he 
came out of left field, really, when he announced his candidacy. He's been considering running for a while now, but he thought, well, up until 2016, he thought no one would ever go for a billionaire with no real political experience. No one, there was no appetite for him. And then Donald Trump came along, and suddenly Michael Bloomberg's opinions have changed. Now, of course, Bloomberg was mayor of New York for a while. Uh, he runs his own his own uh, cable cable news network, or not cable news, um, it's an, uh, an economics channel, Bloomberg TV, uh, comes under his name. He hasn't appeared in any of the Democratic debates, and that's not because of poll numbers, uh, it's because of the Democratic National Committee rules regarding fundraising. You cannot appear on the debate uh, unless you reach a certain threshold of individual donations, and he is completely self-funded. Now, Bloomberg is a direct Trump equivalent. He's a billionaire, a New Yorker. Yes, he has more political experience, but he is he is essentially the Democrats' version of Trump. Um, could he take on Trump and win against Trump? Um, well, it would be difficult to see a man of Bloomberg's charisma and acumen taking down someone with the full force of the Trump campaign behind them. It's not inconceivable. Could happen. Um, but I don't feel confident that Berg, uh, Bloomberg would be able to take Trump down if he were to win a Democratic nomination. Uh, and also the lack of exposure he's getting from not being in these debates. Well, it's not doing particularly well for his momentum towards towards the Iowa caucus and he could do badly in the first state. He could do badly and that could dent this poll rise that we've been seeing and that is rising from the single figures now doubling to get to 10% in the polls and overtaking uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Right then, because it's a 2020 vision, we're going to have another look at the electoral map, or the predicted electoral map, of Trump versus another one of the Democratic frontrunners. Today, we're taking a look at, well, it seems harsh to call her falling star, but according to the poll numbers, it is falling star Elizabeth Warren. Um, Warren still sitting in third in the polls, but only about 13% in the primary now. Uh, we're going to have a look at what states would go from red to blue if she was the nominee for the Democrats. And the first thing to say is that this poll and this Electoral College projection is incredibly close. This would be the closest Electoral College outcome since 2000, which of course was decided in Florida on the basis of about 35,000 votes, where George W. Bush beat Al Gore. And in this projection, Elizabeth Warren would win 268 electoral college votes. Donald Trump would win 270, meaning he has by one won the presidency according to this projection. Now, the swing states, well, they're starting to go blue. Remember last time uh, we had a look at how Pete Buttigieg might do? Uh, Buttigieg would have won... 264 Electoral College votes, um, but a number of different states go red and go blue, 
compared to Mayor Pete. So, for example, in the Warren Electoral College projection, Ohio would go Democrat, but Wisconsin would stay Republican. And that combination would be enough to keep a Trump presidency for the next four years. Obviously, these are projections. The other swing states we'd be looking at, uh, Pennsylvania, that would go blue. Remember, that went blue under Buttigieg's nominee as well. Florida would stay red, but it would be a slightly larger margin of victory for Trump. They're projecting in Florida than Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg's victory margin. Uh, sorry, here's one over Pete Buttigieg. So it's very interesting to look at. Um, the places like California, New York, obviously they are going to go Democrat. Places like Texas, uh, Georgia, you can assume, you know, and Alaska, you can put them almost certainly as ticks into the Republican column. But the candidates or the nominees appeal in those swing states is going to be crucial. And if Warren on this projection can turn Ohio... Well, that becomes interesting for the presidential race, because if if this poll is correct and she can turn Ohio, then she might put some more effort into places like Wisconsin, where Hillary Clinton did not make a single visit in her 2016 campaign because she was she thought she was assured assured of victory in Wisconsin and in Michigan. They both uh, they both fell to Donald Trump. Um, Elizabeth Warren would not make those same mistakes again I feel and if uh, her pulling power has the potential at least on this poll uh, in fact this is an aggregate of polls taken in every state with each Democratic nominee against the president um, so there's a few more to go but if this poll was correct and she can flip Ohio um, she can flip Michigan she can flip Pennsylvania back that would be a very good start to re-establishing the blue wall that got Barack Obama elected. Um, and for the Democrats, it would be a good step towards winning the presidency. But this projection still says Trump would be president. So whilst Warren has slightly more success than Buttigieg, according to the projection, according to all the polls and all the states, um, remember just for this electoral college projection, I've taken each poll of the candidates versus Donald Trump in every state and projected them onto the winner-takes-all electoral college system. And on this projection system, she still loses. So, Democrats, beware. Maybe this is why the, polling, uh, the falling poll figures nationally. Uh, this could be a sign that people think Warren would not beat Trump in 2020. And realistically, that is what the Democrats have to pick their nominee to be able to do. That is about all I've got time for here on the 2020 Vision section of the Politics Unboxed podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and I hope to see you around again soon at the next one. Bye. Mm-hmm.